Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. It is Thursday. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by the patient Joe Holbert. Joe, how are you? I'm tired, man. I mean, we just had a very <laughs> stressful production meeting. Um, technical difficulties are one thing. I expect them, but like, just us battling back and forth and trying to get our topics on this show, right? We both come to the table just to pull the curtain back. Jeremy and I, every week, we come together and have 50 topics each to discuss. And we have to wheel it down, you know, five or six. And just the, the push and the pull on that is, um, is something else. So it's been stressful. We're happy with what we got. And uh, I'm looking forward to the show, as always. Uh, everyone, Fightful.com, sign up to FightfulSelect.com, exclusive news. Sean has done a bunch of news on a TakeOver, um, the, the big Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole match, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> Joe is very excited for this match, <laughs> as you can tell by his reaction there. Um, FightfulSelect.com, best way to support everything we do, Fightful.com. Joe, do you have an NXT feature for this week? I do not. Um, I, I'll say this, though. Guys, if you like NXT, know that I actually Googled the card in, in sort of a pretend effort that I cared enough <laughs> to come up with an article. Then I looked at the card and decided against an article. So no, no article, but at least I thought of it. Normally, not even a fault. So there you go. Take that as a victory and then leave with it for now. You you should have done a big article on Karrion Cross. Uh, yeah. If you needed help with that, Carlos would have 100% helped you out carlos toro we we do a bit in the chat where he has to cover nxt every wednesday because i'm covering dynamite and like they ran three video packages for cross you know he was in the car at the end of the gargano champa yep. thing he attacked champa carlos had to write an article for all of this like none of this was like an official debut and carlos had to write an article for all of this and triple h did his media call today and we were like, someone should ask Triple H when Karrion Cross is going to debut. And we were going to have Carlos write an article. Like, Triple H says Karrion Cross debuted a month ago. <laughs> so I can't remember when they were doing the teases. They were, like, nameless, right? They didn't tell you it was him, yeah. even though we kind of all... Okay. Yeah, that is um, that is the one part of what you guys do that I find to be just hilarious. And <laughs> the, the little mini updates, like when... You know, Brendan Vink shows up on Raw, main roster debut. Yeah. Here we go. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. And of course, Jeremy, and my favorite of all is the high hopes for new tall man on roster. My favorite report in all of wrestling, by far. 
uh we don't have to do the uh the high hopes stuff no. thankfully we don't we don't go that deep into things but yeah we do when brandon vink gets squashed by alistair black in two minutes on raw and it's like yeah brandon vink uh makes his wwe raw debut main roster big thing he's history history man he wins one day someone's gonna trace it back when he's main event in wrestlemania by the way i'm only half joking on that one Listen, <laughs> crazy things happen they're gonna trace it back you're like here he was jeremy lambert's article about this in whenever it was 2020 so it's all about you just you're marking these things in history i love it remember that uh vink and thorn tag team red hot and they had the, the heel manager MVP who's now just forgotten about them. He has a better client. He's had enough. But yeah, I wonder if they'll circle back. Were they in the crowd at Raw or were they... I have no I idea if they were in the crowd at Raw. <laughs> if they were, I sense that team is no longer. But hopefully I'm wrong. I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. Or maybe not. Maybe never. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the, the gimmick for the Thursday show, we put five minutes on the clock. As Joe said... Big things in store for this week. It was a battle to get what we wanted on this show. We actually narrowed it down to just five topics this week wow. because we just had so much to say on these topics that we're like, we know we're going to go over time. We always go over time. I think we should just do five topics this week instead of the yeah. usual six or seven. Yeah, so just think about the 95 topics that you'll never hear. <laughs> you'll never, ever hear those 95 incredible thoughts that filled our notes sections this week and came to the show with, to no avail. They were sent back to the cutting room floor. But these five, boy, are they going to hit, folks. <laughs> I do record our, our pre-production meetings, and I'm legit just going to release them all at one time so people can just see. <laughs> I think you've got the wrong approach. I think you should keep them and in 10 years sell them to Netflix for a documentary series or ESPN. Oh, even better. sure. That's a, that's a way better idea. Look, if I can make money off of this gimmick, that would be that would be much better than just giving them away for free. It could be the last... What would be our last? The last John Cena defense? <laughs> <laughs> the last Mike? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's exactly all different. The know. last technical issue? <laughs> yeah, that'd be fair. Uh, who would be talking heads in our documentary? It'd just be like us and Sean yeah. and... The wrestlers. Vince McMahon, he copies all their That's ideas. That's true. Come on, That's true. Tony Khan. It'd be Khan. like the ECW one where we get like retroactive praise for being influential. <laughs> we never got it well. Like, it just happens in hindsight. It cuts to like Eric Bischoff being like, man, they were ahead of their time. That's it. That's all you get. But I mean, I'll take it. That'd be impressive. We managed that, Jeremy. We have done very well, I must say. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get started with Drake Maverick and, and Jeff Hardy, two things that you always put together when you hear those names. On SmackDown, Jeff Hardy was he was arrested for a alleged DUI, alleged hit and run, um, and this, of course, plays off Jeff Hardy's real-life personal issues where he has been arrested for, for DUI. And then on NXT, Drake Maverick, this has been an ongoing thing, uh, for a month and a half now, Drake Maverick was in the cruiserweight interim, maybe interim. I don't know. No one's actually clarified that. They've they've changed it a million times. Uh, title tournament. He got released. He posted a video where he was uh, understandably upset and, and dejected, but he was going to continue to do the tournament. They turned that whole thing into a storyline. He did not win the interim slash not interim cruiserweight title, but Triple H came out and, and gave him the big contract at the end of NXT last night joseph where do you stand on nxt wwe using real life issues uh to put on screen 
Well, I think you know, they're both they're very different cases for a range of reasons. Right, that's an understatement. I think it's fair to say. But yes. I sense the the Jeff Hardy thing is like a um, he's been framed deal. Uh, by one of the main bullies of the SmackDown roster, Jeremy, is my guess. I would assume that is the case. Uh, I would hope that is the case, and it is not an actual DUI angle on national television. Uh, but, I mean, if that is the case, it's fine. I'm not going to pretend I have a major issue with it. I mean, I would. it would be better if Jeff's issues were not so, like, current. Like, it's, it's not been that long of a time since we had the last report, right? Like, it's just, it's not been super long time, so... I don't know. The thing with Jeff is it's it's always one of those things where they want to kind of use that stuff to flush out, flesh out the whole charismatic enigma character, and that is always a little bit off in its own way. But if it's just a deal where he's wrongly accused of saying that Sheamus did because he was eliminated from the Intercontinental title <laughs> tournament, then I have to admire that just for the wrestling angle. The pure silliness of it is enough to make me kind of ignore the tasteless not. You know, it's fine. I can get through it. The Drake thing... Um, this one is tough to tackle because I'm happy for him that he's got a contract. I like Drake. He never deserved to get let go to begin with. However, it opens up a whole can of worms, right? Like, can you take any release seriously going forward? What does this mean for the poor guys that actually lost their job? What if they'd have posted a video on social media? They'd still be there. I don't know. All this stuff sucks. I'm just happy for him. So I almost don't want to rain on his parade, but it's just, it's not ideal. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I posted last night that... I was I was happy for Drake Maverick because yes. it, it's good for him that he's able to get back into WWE through all of this. But for everything else, for everyone else, it's uh, I think Leo Rush basically said like it was a slap in the face because yeah. people actually got fired over this. Like people actually got released over this, and it wasn't an angle. And I don't even like it, you know Drake Maverick said it in his interview is WWE.com interview where he was like I got the opportunity I took it I ran with it others didn't take this opportunity it's like no one else had that opportunity and yeah. I'm sure this was direction from WWE I don't know if Drake believes this what, what was going on there but no one had the opportunity he shouldn't have been released because they'd already announced him for this tournament so you either have to follow through with that or you just pull him from the tournament which could have happened. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have been. I don't think it would have shocked anybody if they were just like, "Well, it's released now. We're just gonna pull him for this tournament because the tournament hadn't started, so they could have yeah. easily just pulled them." But he posted the video. It blew up. Uh, he got the opportunity. He did the most with it, which is good. But at the same time, like they did turn it into this. It's it's not that he did the most with this opportunity. It's they turned this into the opportunity for him. Yeah. Um, it also doesn't help that some of the guys on the list of names released are like the absolute poster boys for making the most of your yes. minutes. You know, like I mean, obviously the Zack Ryder story is famous, right? Like he's a guy who got himself over and got punished for it, basically. But even a guy like Heath Slater, any time they gave him TV time, he would hit, right? Like we're not talking about guys that just just wasted every opportunity. He was given a hundred main event pushes and fouled. They're all talented guys that just wasn't given enough opportunity for the most part. You know, obviously there's there's exceptions to every rule, but yeah, that quote isn't great. I would I would assume um, I'd assume that's his kind of I don't know kayfabe spin on it as a character. I'm not sure. I don't know what he's. I'm sure he has a reason for saying that. I don't know, but it, yeah, it doesn't sound good. I've got to be honest. Yeah, the Jeff Hardy stuff. Um, 
it's a wrestling angle. So I I get that. I'm with you that it it seems like it's going to be a setup thing. Uh, The whole story is, is Jeff Hardy's redemption. You know, the line everyone loves to say is, let's see how it plays out. Wait till it plays out. Uh, So, you know, maybe, maybe Joe, Jeff Hardy in, in the bottle that they found, you thought it was a liquid. It was actually an empty bottle. It was nothing but his imagination. (laughs) This joke will not be effective for legitimately three more months. And that is only for the people that watch our TW series. But I just want to say, I I knew where you were going. And boy, did you keep going. That was was something. But yes, you're correct. It could be the case. You're right. Could just be all an imagination. Could just be uh, a big old dream that Jeff is having here. Um... I, I agreed with uh, CM Punk's take, take actually on backstage. He doesn't pull any punches. No, He's very he did it. Strong. I, look, I'm going to give WWE backstage credit for this week. It was actually good. Uh, they talked about the the Jeff Hardy angle. They talked about the the issues that are going on uh, in America and have been going on. And they talked and they did a, a CM Punk Daniel Bryan interview, and they released the full like 30 minute cut of that, which is excellent. Um, it was actually a, a good WWE backstage this week. It did not make me feel like I wasted an hour of my life, which is typically how I feel Tuesdays at 11 o'clock. But Punk essentially just said, like, this doesn't work when they try to do it. Like, you know, they did it with Hawk. They did it with uh, Scott Hall in WCW. And mm-hmm. neither of them turned out very well. This typically just does not work. But didn't... Uh, I know you misremember it. Wasn't Punk's program with Jeff like the yeah. first? It was, right? Yeah, and Punk mentioned that. I think the the difference is Jeff wasn't because they they did not really similar, but Chris Jericho wanted Punk to like drink and pour alcohol yes. on his yeah. face and everything. Um, but like they didn't with the the Jer or with the the Punk and Jeff Hardy. It, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but. There was no allusions to like Jeff was drugged up or drunk or anything. They just talked about it, similar to like the Samoa yeah. Joe stuff, where it's like they they they'll talk about it, but mm-hmm. there was no allusions of like he's actually currently using. True, I think you're right. I, I'm pretty sure you're correct, but I just I would assume this was a uh, you know Seamus has been bringing it up all the time, bringing up this was his way. I assume it's Seamus. It was his way of like fooling the audience that Jeff's done it again kind of deal. I would just assume that. And if that is the case, look, if you, that still is bad to you, I'm, I totally understand why. It's definitely not high art by any means, nor does it deserve a Twitter thread. If you're writing one now, stop. <laughs> but I just, I've got to admit, in the, you know, you just mentioned some examples. Like, in the world of wrestling, where there's so many, di- like, just tasteless angles, Seamus framing him would not be one it's just a matter of whether that actually is the angle i guess right that's really what it comes down to for me anyway right if the angle is jeff has fallen off the wagon and is now drinking again no ideal. no that's that's very poor um but if it is seamus framing him then okay it's a little bit more understandable because it just comes off as a a dumb wrestling angle that may or may not work. It's probably not going to work for a lot of people, but it's a, it's a little bit better. It's a lot better than, Hey, this guy's actually drinking again and legitimately or in the wrestling world, legitimately hit somebody by the way, the acting in that segment on Friday, everyone, I think everyone is going to get an Emmy for, for that one. Who's worse? Jeff, Jeff's Elias scream was incredible. Extraordinary piece. Of, I mean, Braun was bad, though. 
real bad. Braun sure. was bad. Jeff's scream was bad. The cop was the worst, though. That cop where he just, like, he gets the bottle and he, he just looks at it and he's like, yep, yep, smells like Jeff Hardy. <laughs> and then the the uh, the paper falls and he's he reads it. He's like, Jeff Hardy? Is there a Jeff? Like, he's calling his order. His order is up at wherever he goes. He's like, Jeff Hardy, order, order number 15 for Jeff Hardy. Like, that's how he called his name out. I like the way that like the WWE producers were just like accepted police officers for that minute. They were just like all together. <laughs> Jamie Noble's in like, get him, yeah, you know, he hasn't done nothing. Jason Jordan was in there. It was I liked the uh, and I think I'm the only one in the world that said this, but I liked the follow up segment where AJ was just being the absolute peak wrestling dick. Yes. He was like, So what? Who cares? Who am I wrestling? <laughs> Where's my boy? What's going on here? But yeah, I I like that segment. I didn't think it was Man, I have way too much faith in them because I legitimately don't. I have no... I'm certain I'm right about this angle. And the fact that I have any confidence in them being doing something that isn't like totally offensive says a lot about me, I think. I'm, I'm a fool. I really am a fool, Jeremy. You're, you're an optimist, and I appreciate uh, that. You have not learned from years of history, and that's a little bit true. concerning. It is, and it will become a trend. As we get deeper down the <laughs> distraction, distraction path, it will become a trend. But for now, I remain confident in my, uh, in my guess, at least. Uh, next topic is so we're going to talk about backlash this week a little bit because next week I will actually not be around. We're doing a a special show next week. Hopefully it turns out we have not recorded anything. Would it could be a complete disaster? But for for right now we're going to say uh, it's a great show and everyone yeah. should watch it. Uh, but backlash is in two weeks, Joe, and a, a monumental card. We have going on here. We have the the greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Randy Orton. We have the the WWE Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. We have the Raw Women's Title match between Asuka and Nia Jax. And you informed me of this. I did not realize this was on the card uh, until you informed me during our production meeting that Braun Strowman is defending the Universal title against yeah. John Morrison and The Miz. I'm still not sure if you're lying to me on that, but I'll take your word that this is also on the card. Yes, I'll go one step further and tell you that not only is this on the card, it is being framed that Miz and Morrison are insane for taking this match. Like, <laughs> Miz, I think Morrison... Miz lost to Braun and Morrison was like, well, put the belt on the line in a handicap match. And Michael Cole was like, what's wrong with these guys? They reason they can beat Braun Strowman in a handicap match? You wonder why the tag titles mean nothing, right? You, you wonder. But uh, this card is going to be a, like one of those shows that in many, many years people look back on when they do their watch-throughs of 2020 WWE. God bless that person, whoever he is, who didn't, <laughs> he isn't watching this now. They're going to be like, why does everyone not talk about the fact that this show was called the greatest wrestling show ever? Like In the sense of... Every graphic has greatest wrestling match ever, right? Yeah. And the whole branding is like the greatest show in music and all that business. So uh, this is going to be something. I think the, the Edge and Randy thing is going to be an angle. I think I've said this a million times, but you know what this night's about for me, Jeremy. You know what this night's <laughs> about for me because it's finally time, folks. It's time for Bob to shoot on someone in the WWE ring. This is the time. I want a double leg takedown on an arm triangle submission. Let's get out of there with a the title. That's my plan. That's MVP's plan. We're going through with it. He did an interview and I tagged you in it where, because <laughs> yeah. you mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago and this match was announced and Lashley legitimately said like, 
if I just want to shoot on this guy and take him out in two minutes, nobody's stopping me. And I was sure. like, Lashley just watches our show as everyone in WWE does and realized Joseph is correct. I should just shoot mm. on him, take him out, become the champion. He will be a hero. Imagine, just imagine <laughs> him doing that on a, a basically an empty arena pay-per-view and he just leaves the title and goes to Bellator and defends it against Czech Congo. This is my plan, folks. This is my plan, but... I think Drew and Bobby will actually be pretty good. It is interesting that the Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley with MVP thing is like directly taken from 2015 TNA or something like that. Like this is oh, something I've definitely watched before. On on uh, Impact this week, I I don't know if you watch the show. I'm sure you do as a professional. Yeah. But yeah. every single week they do like this Impact flashback to. Uh, plug their Impact Plus network. Like, see all these great matches on Impact mm-hmm. Plus. And this week, the flashback legitimately was uh, Drew McIntyre slash Galloway against Lashley for the TNA heavyweight title. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Th- this is something that match you're about to see next Sunday. You can watch this on Impact Plus right now from five years ago. <laughs> it is amazing because that was even after there was an era of TNA where it was just. Everyone would say it was like they have the best roster and the show sucks. Remember that period where it was like the when after Hogan had come in, that deal where they had a mix of every great wrestler ever. The era of which Drew and Bobby wrestled isn't even in that time, but they were still doing it. They still had people that would end up, you know, Drew, I guess, in fairness, they tried a lot with Drew and Bobby. They both pushed them quite strong, right? So fair play to them on that. But this is time now for Bobby. I'm pretty sure Bobby won that TNA match. He's going to win this WWE match. There you go. He's. He's the dominator, right? Is he still the dominator? He has the master lock now as a finish, folks. It's over. It's finished. It's done. It's Bob's time. We're ready to party. Joseph, I don't know if you know this, but Drew McIntyre has been in bar fights. And he has said, you know, he can just knock out a guy like Colby Covington. I realize Bobby Lashley is much bigger than 170-pound Colby Covington. But I think you're selling McIntyre a little bit short here that he can, you know... The problem is, I think McIntyre can scrap. If this is like a, a street fight or something, I think he might be okay, get a lick or two in. But the takedown is, like, that's the game changer. Yes, McIntyre can't really do anything about that takedown, I, I believe. Yes, I mean, all he has to do is ask any of Bellator's, like, journeymen that poor Bob just mowed <laughs> over. They all tell him, listen, when the takedown, that's it's the end of the fight. But I am... Um... This show is probably going to be bad, Jeremy. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> this could be one of those shows that has me doing the old hashtag cancel the network deal and writing threads about you know this impact on my, my struggles mentally with the WWF. And then the next day I'll go, Raw was good, um, which is a, you know, a constant problem for me. But look, I hope it's good. I just I, I find it quite amazing that since they went back, like a few years ago, went back to the double brand pay-per-views, right? Both Raw and SmackDown. And I feel like the builds have just got worse and worse because both brands realise, oh, we've just got a thing like four matches on this thing at the end of the week. Like It's, it's almost, I don't know, man. The pay-per-views feel like a secondary thing now, it's almost. Uh, this, are they going to do a cinematic match for Backlash? Because they did, obviously, the two at WrestleMania. They did one at Money in the Bank. And that's what people remember from these yeah. shows. Right now, they don't have any type of like cinematic-type match set up. And if they're just going to give us, like, empty arena wrestling, I don't know if that's going to work, especially with the matches they're trying to put on and there's empty arena wrestling. The thing is, it is better with the the, uh, 
NXT is. It is better. Like it's it's like watching a studio show now. Before it was actually you feel like you're watching something you shouldn't be. You feel like you'd snuck in somewhere. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> but now it's I don't mind it as much now. I'm with you though. I mean, it is important to remember that the last pay per view is like two and a half hours, right? Yeah. Maybe they're trying to. Maybe the pay-per-views are just this now, man. Maybe the TVs just exist as they do, and then they're like, okay, just give them a few matches for the pay-per-view. <laughs> I don't know. It feels that way, right? Like, we were speaking off air, and it's like, SmackDown this week has the women's tag title match, which we're going to get to. And next week, it has AJ and Daniel Bryan. Meanwhile, Backlash just is there, and they're like, yeah, we've got Braun and uh, Miz and Morrison. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. It's just, it's different now, I guess. I would imagine that they're just going to do, like, a screwy finish in the tag title match, the women's tag yeah. title match, and they'll rematch at Backlash. And then AJ and Brian, they'll probably give us a finish, and then they'll just do the rematch anyway at Backlash. Yeah. And it's just like, that match is really good. Here, we'll just do it again, because why not? Well, I am thinking, what else could be... I guess they could do Seth and um, Black again on the pay of view, right? They could do yeah. that. It seems like something they would do. Uh Apollo is still... Apollo pins Andrade every week. I assume they're not doing a rematch. <laughs> they, should do, they should do something cinematic with the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. No. Here's what I want. Here's what I want, Joe. This is my pitch okay. right now. I, I can okay. tell you're going to love it. Street racing with the Street Profits and yeah. the Viking Raiders. Go full Fast and Furious with this. And that's what you give us at, at Backlash. You're in on this, right? I am as in on this as I've been all the other ones. So in that sense, sure, man. Like at this point, go for it. I haven't got a problem with those segments because I am aware that like the Viking Raiders had just died. Like it just is over, wasn't it, for the for poor yes. So if this helps them, good for them. But I'm not going to pretend that I am thrilled to see what has happened to these poor fellows. <laughs> it's very sad. I've got to say, the tag team. Um, this is the thing, right? The tag team ranks are just it's so up and down. Like, the month after WrestleMania, the SmackDown tag titles felt like they were all over the show. And now I feel like I haven't seen them in ages. I have. I just forget these things exist. It's, the tag team thing just vanishes at times. It's happening here. I, thought, I, I don't consider that tag team build, Drew. It was happening on Raw. I do not consider that build for wrestling match. I legitimately forgot that the Street Profits, they are the they are the Raw tag team champions, right? Yeah. Like, I, I'd completely forgotten that during all of these segments. It's like, oh, yeah, these guys are, like, actually the champions. So here you go with the street racing, though, Joe. So you you put the titles on the line. The winners, you know, they get the titles. But the Viking Raiders have to put something on the line as well. Because if the Street Profits are putting up the titles, what are the Viking Raiders put up? They will put up their Viking heritage, okay? So if the Street Profits win, the Viking Raiders can't be the Viking Raiders anymore. <laughs> the Street Profits win. What do the Viking Raiders do? They fall in love with the street racing. This is like okay. now their ultimate goal is to just become like street racing. You put them in leather jackets because we all okay. love the leather jackets. Yeah, this is where yeah. I'm going to sell you the leather jacket stuff. Yeah. Now I'm starting to get it. Yeah. yeah. And the Viking Raiders just become, they just become the, the street racers. So you got the street racers against the street profits. And that's your feud that carries you on for years upon years and headlines WrestleManias all over the world. That. That conclusion um, is far more of a conclusion than they'll reach when these skits end. You know, that, right? like you do realize in a month's time, I'm going to be able to say to you, 
Do you remember the street? And you were like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's what's <laughs> going to happen. But I appreciate your effort there. You, you've laid something out. I don't know, you know, I won't comment on what it was or how good it was, but it was something. And uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I assume that match will be on Backlash. But if you want to do a street race, then <laughs> at this point, feel free. Cinematic wrestling is the future, guys, the future. If you want more great ideas like that that are not thought out at all and 100% off the top of the head, check out the TEW series every yeah. Saturday. Where yeah, the, very the little thought. Changes. Yeah, <laughs> very little thought goes into at least my booking. And that's why my shows are great every single week yes. because there's no thought that goes into it. The more planning, the worse is the, what we've learned from that. Now yes. I understand why Bruce does so good. You know, he just rolls in, gets a notepad. He's like, right, what are we doing? Okay, go. Uh, the Braun and, and Miz and Morrison thing. I here's a hot take. They should put the titles on Miz and Mo- or the title on Miz and Morrison. No, yes. this, is where, this is where this is where we go into wrestling <laughs> podcast land and we lose ourselves forever. Because this is going to be said a lot over the next nine days, whatever it is. You know that, right? We're going to yes. see this take, or we're going to see threads about it. We're going to see explain that John deserves the moment. You know, I love them. I love them. My favorite ones. Remember when Sami Zayn won the the Intercontinental Title and people were like. Man, he really deserved that moment. I was like, yeah, that three-on-one handicap title will go down <laughs> forever. We'll all remember it. It's just, look, I don't know. I um, It sucks. I, I'm not anti-Braun, Jeremy. Even though I did not pick him in 40 slots in the draft, I <laughs> like the man. Uh, I think he's. I think he could have been a big star for them. I think I really not picking him is 100% better than me picking him and what I'm actually going to do with him. <laughs> I agree. I think he could have been a genuine star. And I wanted to see them use this weird opportunity with him as champ to, like, try. They have, come on, this stuff's been terrible. Bless him. I mean, the Bray stuff was okay, but they've gone away from that now for this. This is pure prelim nonsense. This is very bad. So I feel for the big fella. Um, the match will be, well, it'll be what it'll be, folks. It'll be what it'll be. I assume Braun Strowman will win. I assume. Look, I think they should put the titles on Miz and Morrison, not because of any type of moment for John Morrison. I just don't think Braun Strowman is a good champion, and it's not his fault. It's what they've done to him. So yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna make this title like a wacky everyman type deal, give it to Miz and Morrison and let them do a bunch of stupid skits. Sure, I mean <laughs> I I just this is really cool. I kind of knew they were like out on Braun a little bit. It was obvious, right? You didn't have to be a uh, an insider of scoops to Jeremy to know that they're, they're kind of a, the high hopes had diminished for Paul Braun. But this title reign has really kind of locked in. They just see him one way. And they had a chance to kind of reshape it, and they've not at all. I mean, him, we said about this the other day, but him being the guy that was there in that Jeff segment was like so telling, I thought. I yeah. really did. I just thought it was like they would never have done that with a guy they saw as larger than life or whatever. So. I don't think he's going to be long for that belt, but I would assume it extends beyond backlash at least. Uh, He'll win. The Fiend will come out. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. 
alt and then Braun will like cower in the corner or something. Yeah, he's he'll get very, the shakes again. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what will happen yeah. uh, to to conclude Backlash. I hope that match is the, the main event. Just headline with that. Yeah. Why not? I hope they go like 40 minutes and do a 30-minute heat segment on Braun's legs. <laughs> Miz doing like the figure four and all that stuff. That'd be good. I, I'd like that too. Um, yeah, John, John, Mr. Perfect Morrison can do some great <laughs> technical wrestling with, uh, with Braun Strowman. It'd be great. <laughs> that is peak JBL. <laughs> JBL will have comparisons. I honestly listen to him. I think no other person in the world is kind of what you just mustered up. Like when he did, he was doing Goldberg and he was like, it reminds me of George Foreman winning the title in 96. I was like, <laughs> no one else in the world said that, but I really appreciate the effort, John. I really do. Uh, we said we'd get to the women's tag team titles. the The match is tomorrow, correct? Yes. You're the you're the tag women's tag team title expert. Okay. Yeah. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Sasha Banks and Bailey. Joseph, do they break your heart and put two belts on Bailey? Um, before we get to that, I want a question for you. How close do you think I am to being on WWE backstage as the official <laughs> women's tag title correspondent? Because I think I'm edging very close now. Uh. You have to be because yes. you know we do a we do a segment on the women's tag team titles and a few weeks ago and all of a sudden these things are important again. So yep. look, we know we know Vince and Tony, we know they watch, we know they steal our ideas from TEW that haven't even aired because uh, they've hacked into the computer somehow. We know everybody's watching this show and taking our di- ideas and they're saying. Look, if the distraction is talking about it, if they're giving it time, maybe we should start focusing on it a little bit more. So, I agree. I think we're there. I agree with you. So 100%, you're going to be on backstage. You're going to be on uh, After the Bell pretty soon, talking with Corey Graves, all about the women's tag team titles. Okay. What a podcast that will be. <laughs> um, should Will they break my heart? I'm going to be honest with you, and this is breaking character here, folks. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I think there is some credence to the idea that you do a title switch here. Wait, don't go wild, don't block me, don't burn the portrait of me that hangs over your computer desk, don't do any of that stuff. I have, here's my pitch. Title change here, and then at Backlash do a freeway with the Iconics. Then, Jeremy, listen to this, this is very clever. Do you have the belts put on the Iconics? Because who was the people, who was the team that took the belts off, um, you know, Boss and Hug last time? The Iconics, right? WrestleMania in the multi-woman tag. It's history. It's a callback. Full circle. That's how you start the issues. And then you still have Iconics versus Electra and Nikki uh, to do for the Jack That's what I would, you know, I would accept. However, if you intend to do like an actual full tag title reign, just because you don't want to do a Sasha and Bailey in this PC, I will get very angry. I'm going to admit, I don't need more of this, this stuff on the show. So, it's interesting. I hope they treat it as a main event match and give it time, but we will see. It's probably the best way to look at this, I think. So your grand idea is for them yes. to essentially rehash everything yes. they did last year with mm-hmm. Boss and Hug win the titles, yes, lose the titles in a multi-woman tag team match to the Iconics, and the, then the Iconics feud with Bliss and Cross who I would mm-hmm. assume take the titles off of the Iconic. You realize you just rebooked 2019. Yes, yeah, so I'm very aware. But, okay. I, but I'm looking at what you have, and I'm like, so if you're the, under the assumption that the SummerSlam match is Bailey and, and Banks, right? At worst, this is smart booking because they're going to steal a match here. Maybe a TV main event, I don't know. 
that he's not going to be available for much longer, right? We have to assume that Bailey and Tosh aren't going to be a team forever. So he's smart. I don't know. Why would you make that assumption? <laughs> I don't know. Um, high hopes and all that. So I'm just, I'm open-minded to it. Now, what I will say is, with Becky being out, it feels as though they need to kind of, they need to widen the horizons a little bit here and spread their, kind of who they're focusing on. I don't know if Bailey two belts is the answer to that. But in fairness, like, Electra and Nikki are established... So would it be hurtful? Probably not. But then again, they, poor Nikki lost to Billy Kay clean on that. <laughs> that was very disrespectful. I'm not a fan of that. But so, she's, a, she's a champion. The, the champions yes. always lose. Like, this is what yeah. they do. To be honest, the best thing for the belts would be a 15 to 20 minute main event on SmackDown in which you do a clean finish. <laughs> <laughs> in which you do a clean finish, Jeremy, which continues the Bailey Banks dissension while elevating your women's tag team champs. That's all I'm saying. You don't have to laugh immediately. You can let me get <laughs> and one thing I will say is, uh, we just spoke about the other tag teams. Whatever your thoughts are on these belts, and boy, have they been something, right? They've not, they aren't all that different to the men's tag team titles. No. The tag teams just suck. And not the actual teams, like the way they're done, right? So I don't think it's a women's division thing as much as it's just, I mean, they were on both shows this week, right? At least they're trying Sort of, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It could be worse, Jeremy. It could be much worse. For the record, I laughed when you said main event at 15 and 20 minutes. If I'd known you were going clean finish, I would have laughed even harder because <laughs> they, they don't do that, Joe. Don't know if you've watched know. the product, but they don't do uh, long matches with clean finishes on television. I guess. I just, I think, believe it or not, I think there's a chance this could actually be a really good match. And... Yeah, you know, I always is fun to me when Banks and Bliss wrestle. This fight. was the this was and, the first empty arena match, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was. And anytime Banks and Bliss wrestle, it's like you'll inevitably see tweets being like, "That was good." Yes, it will always be pretty good, guys. <laughs> I, I I know this is stunning to you. Alexa is not Tamina. Okay, no disrespect to Tamina. I know she watches the show. I'm just saying <laughs> this will be good. It's just a matter of how good they want it to be and how good they let it be. Basically, is what it is. Um. They're not gonna let it be good. <laughs> they're just not. They're they're one hundred percent not because they've not cared about these titles from yes. pretty much from WrestleMania thirty five on. They've not cared about these titles at all. I think they did care for that first month, and then that moment they were just like, yeah, th- these belts are whatever. I I'm with, but you have to realise, I don't know if you know this, I've been very optimistic today. I'm not I'm not cancelling people, I'm not I'm not doing any of that. I'm not saying they're doing problematic storylines. I am being I'm being I believe in Bruce is what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying right now. I believe in Bruce. Smackdown is the A show, the blue brand. Um and I will not doubt them. I trust they will give me what I want here in this uh, SmackDown tag title extravaganza. Or woman's tag title, I guess. Joseph, it is the final week of NXT talk on this program. We have banned it. You have banned it for if they don't deliver the house set on Sunday. By all in, by a lot of indications, we might get the house set. Doesn't matter, right. folks. We're banning this program. Okay, <laughs> I'm making the call right now. Oh, We're banning wow. this program. It's okay. uh, it's not that great. But <laughs> NXT Takeover is this Sunday. There's some matches. There's Gargano against Keith Lee for the North American title. Uh, there's the Queen, Charlotte Flair, 
against Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley for the women's title. Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream in a, a cinematic-type match for the NXT title. Damian Priest against Finn Balor. I believe that's on the card. You wouldn't know it. If you if you do watch the product, you would not know it. Uh, there's a six-woman tag team match as well. NXT, Joe, the last week we got to talk about it. <laughs> I, um, I think the show has got better since we said we were going to ban it. Now, not enough that I will not ban it, but I do think it's more proof that we're being watched here. I was going to say that. That show last night wasn't good. It wasn't good. Sure, but like I, I don't know. I, I think the woman's triple threat will be very good. Um, I think Keith Lee and Gargano, wins. she will win one hundred percent. In fact, we should. Serve, I think that's an interesting conversation. We'll get back to that. But I think Gargano and Lee will be great because Johnny, whatever we and you may think of his heel stuff, is a tremendous wrestler, and I think he'll pretty easily have a great match with Keith Lee. The main event will probably not be watched by me ever. So <laughs> who cares about that, right? Six-woman tag is, um, I don't know, sure. It's a very in-your-house tactic, just doing a random tag just because, I guess. I mean, they've built it, but, like, it's a six-woman tag. You know, it's not kind of uh, what you'd expect. It'll be fine. Crossing Champer is interesting from a booking perspective. Oh, yeah, that's on that card, too. Yeah, that's interesting from a booking <laughs> perspective because it's like, will they have, will they smash crossover? I don't know. Um, but I want to get back to Charlotte, bow down and all that, Okay. I think Charlotte should win this match. And I'm not doing a bit. I'm not doing hashtag bow down. <laughs> to me, you have to have Rhea beat Charlotte in singles. I just, I feel this is the way, I, I'm sorry, folks. The yeah, sure, is tremendous, I'm aware. I just, I don't know, I don't, it, to me, it's such a wasted experiment if you do all this and just lose it in a triple threat. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Uh, Rhea Ripley is going to pin EO in this triple threat. And that's yeah. how they're going to get out of Charlotte. Actually, take look. She put over Bailey on SmackDown. Queen ain't yeah. losing, but so many times a month, Joe, and she already used up. I guess technically that was a loss in May, but regardless, she already used up her her loss for the month. So she ain't losing two matches in like two weeks. Just ain't happening. I love. I mean, I know that you used um, put over there as just meaning like she lost to her. But, like, you could not lose to someone without putting them over as much as Charlotte did in that match. So she was like, she got rolled up and just laughed. She, was like, <laughs> <laughs> she beat me. My joke. But, um, I, look, I anytime, think... anytime Charlotte loses, she's putting somebody over. It doesn't matter how she it's loses, it's, her star level is so far above everybody else that a loss means you got put over. It, it could be a count out loss, it could be a disqualification loss. It doesn't matter. If you beat the queen by any means, you have been elevated. Joe, the queen is on such another level that even if you don't beat her, if you just go 10 minutes in a competitive match with her, you get elevated. That's what I've heard, yeah. I, um, to be clear, because I see people are getting very angry about Charlotte now, and I understand, but it's, a little, it's getting a little bit heavy, okay? We are not suggesting she's going into business for herself. It's not what I'm doing anyway. Jeremy may be doing that, I'm not sure. <laughs> But what I think may have happened here is the Becky news may have them a little bit panicking as far as what they're doing with these divisions because, look, folks, Asuka is tremendous. But when you look at Raw, they probably need Charlotte back. I know they don't actually need her back. What I'm saying is with how they produce TV, they'd probably need her back, right? So 
I think there's a chance they wanted to keep her away, but without Becky, they'd rather just put Charlotte back in than build up or elevate someone. I think that's actually what's happened here. Without Becky, they have Asuka, Nia, Shayna. I'm not counting Shayna. I'm sorry. The, Bianca Belair's off the show, so yeah. Bianca Belair got expelled. I have no idea what happened to Bianca Belair. She went there, and then all of a sudden, I, I don't yeah. know, her her uh, transfer credits didn't didn't work correctly or something. And yeah, she she doesn't go there anymore, Joe. Um, yeah. Shayna, like, Shayna's not on the show. I, has she been seen since Money in the Bank? Oh, she beat she beat Natalia a couple times, yeah. and then and then Natalia got yeah, in the, Natalia yeah. got in the triple threat match. It looked like they were trying mm. to do a heel turn with Natalia. Uh, like I, think they are. I have no idea. Ruby Riot's yeah. still around, but she hasn't won a match since her return. Uh, Liv Morgan is apparently around. Like the the Raw Women's Division, it's good. They're not doing anything with it. Oh, I would assume. The two routes are either you do um, Asuka and Shayna, which I agree with you. At this point, Shayna appears to be on uncertain ground, right? It appears that the ice is starting to creak under. I don't know where they're going with Shayna. I don't know. The other option is they're starting to make a thing of this deal where Charlotte always beats Asuka. Is there a chance, Jeremy, that they build to Asuka finally defeating the Queen Hashtag bow down. No. Oh. Okay. I'll just check. I'll just check. I'm just checking in on that. I wanted to make sure. In that case, I will stick to my guns. I think Rhea needs to beat Charlotte in her singles. And I would trust Shayna to have good matches with Asuka. I think she can do that. And then some. So, Liv Morgan, too. What do you, you know? I, I assume there's some plan in the back Why? of someone's mind. Why? Why yeah, true. Assume I, I, I assume there's some plan in the back of someone's mind, though. There's a story to be told with Charlotte and Liv. The question is, when? Oh, when will they get to that story? <laughs> it could be any time in the next decade. So, I don't know. It also depends, of course, on when they're shaking these rosters up again. You know when they shake them up, Jeremy? Yes. Where they just switch the rosters totally and then have the same matches on opposite shows? <laughs> when will they do that? Because that is important, too. There appears to be some imbalance here. Uh, SmackDown has lost their ace. so No, Raw has lost their ace, so to speak. So, It'll be interesting to follow. I personally, as much as people will hate it, this doesn't feel like the time for Charlotte to drop it. But they may just want it back on Raw full time. I don't know. I like how it was supposed to be NXT talk, but it's the most distraction thing ever that <laughs> we've banned NXT. We tried yeah. to talk about NXT and we just talked about the Raw Women's Division. And... <laughs> that was the perfect send off for NXT, wasn't yes. it? We just yeah. totally. I mean, in fairness, though, we can only do that because of the Charlotte stuff. But they've brought that on themselves, right? We can, you know, we can blame them for that. I think. Look, the Queen transcends NXT and all brands. That's yeah. why she's the Queen. Hashtag bow True. down. They, the brand to brand Invitational was literally invented for her, and then disbanded as soon as she was upset with it. She lost the match on SmackDown. And she was like, "Never again." And they're like, "See, it's finished. It's finished. Ended rule." Our final topic: uh, Impact at the end of Tuesday's show. They announced Slammiversary for July 18th at, uh, during the teaser. They they teased that WWE superstars, released superstars, could be coming in. They had Rockstar Spud slash, slash Drake Mavic, uh, Anderson Gallows, EC3, 
They had a Bulgarian flag, so people took that as Rusev, uh, Maria, and Mike Kanellis. We know Drake Maverick's not coming in. That's something we can we can we can confirm here on the distraction that Drake Maverick will not be part of Slammiversary as a a live competitor. He might be in a video package or something. He will not show up as an actual competitor for the show. Uh, but Joe, what did you think of this video package and the tease for Impact? I am. Um... I'm torn between this is smart and this is like the ultimate impact move. Right? <laughs> I just uh, and of course it's Slammiversary, the show that is there to recognise the history and celebrate the great past of this promotion. And um, as many people have pointed out on social media, the build for it is which WWE guy will show up. Obviously, <laughs> I know guys, I know TNA fans, Impact fans. I'm not actually dissing you there because I know most of these guys, some of them anyway, were TNA before. But I'm just, it's an easy joke. Let me take it, okay? Um, I, the Drake thing shows their hand, right? Because there was a few of us that were like, maybe they've got all of them, and now it's like, oh no, it definitely is a deal. Who were those people who said maybe oh, they've? Oh, it was happening. Okay, remember, here, there are very few running promotions, right? So the mate, some of us, I'm putting myself in this group, okay? We were under belief that perhaps they were going to have guys come in and just do like one night for them, because there's nothing else to do for these guys, is right. there? You know, it's kind of. So I thought it was on the table, but the Drake thing now just is absolute confirmation. They're just friends with guys I've been yet. Now, what I will say, Jeremy, and I know you're waiting with bait breath for this, um, about eight years ago when we started the podcast, <laughs> uh, we were talking about, you know, NBA franchises and their wrestling equivalents. And I think we came to the conclusion the Knicks are impact wrestling. Bless their hearts, okay? This is the ultimate in that <laughs> comparison. Because this is the equivalent of, and they did not do this, to be clear to them, but this is the equivalent of, like, on July 1st, when the free agency opens up, the Knicks posting a video of, like, who will we get? And it's, like, Kawhi. And it flashes Anthony Davis, all these guys. And it's just Julius Randle will turn up on, <laughs> on the on the press conference with his jersey. And that in that case, I think I'm predicting that, like, Aiden English is going to appear on commentary. I'm, like, I'm here. I'm here in impact. So... Look, in all seriousness, I hope they get some good guys because I watch almost every wrestling show at this point um, in the sense that I've caught up on the ones I was not watching <laughs> and Impact <laughs> remains the one that I have not touched even though they're still running. So I hope they get someone that makes me want to watch the show because apparently it's good. That's what I hear from, from the people. So we'll see, I guess. Uh, I would say the shows are fine i don't know if they're they, look the empty arena shows they're always going to be capped like none of yeah. this is like actually that good um i do think they the shows were were good before all of this stuff happened but once all this happened it's just it's tough to do these kind of shows uh with the empty arena i did see people say like oh my god impact spoiled the drake maverick match like he's going to impact like he's definitely not winning now and i mean technically they they were right. Drake Maverick didn't win, but yes. he still signed. I would assume they have, and th this is me being optimistic now. I would assume they have assurances from at least one person in this video that okay, they're gonna maybe it's just EC3, maybe it's just Eric Young. It's like oh, Eric Young, he's back in Impact. Cool. I would assume they have assurances from at least one that they're gonna show up and make this big surprise return. 
I, I'm with you that this could just be a total Knicks situation. Scott Demore is, I guess, uh, Tom Thibodeau now. He's about to coach oh, the wow. Knicks, right? Um, yeah. Uh, to where it's just July 1st, we have all this cap room. Look who's out there. Kawhi, Paul George, Anthony Davis, LeBron, We're go- Kevin Durant, Kyrie. We're going after him. And then 24 hours later, it's like, we got Taj Gibson, folks. <laughs> Yeah, uh, can you actually read the uh, the list again of who they put in this promo? Because I'm not sure I've watched the promo. I've just heard a lot about it. Who uh, was actually in it? EC3, Eric okay. Young, Mike and uh, Maria Canellis, Gallows and Anderson, Drake Maverick slash Rockstar Spud, uh, and then a Bulgarian flag was everyone was kind of alluding to uh, that being Rusev. Okay, Eric Young seems like a lock, right? I yeah. assume. Yeah, Eric Young certainly seems like he will be there. Um, I could see Mike and Maria potentially showing up as well, just because mm-hmm. I don't know if... Because you are right. One thing that works to Impact's advantage is there aren't many shows running right now. No. So even if it's a one-night thing, you can kind of get away with yeah. this. Um, but... If it's a one night thing, people can people can show up, and with not many with not many companies running, people like Mike and Maria Canellis might just be like, okay, what else are we gonna do? Like, if they're willing to pay us right now, why like why exactly. wouldn't we go and do this show? It doesn't have to be a long term deal. Like, I can't see them ending up in AEW. Um, same mm-hmm. thing with Eric Young. Like, I don't know what Eric Young's place is in like AEW. Uh, I would be disappointed if like all these people just joined impact and it's not because I wouldn't be happy for them that they've been making money. It's what we talked about a few weeks ago. I want to see people like get spread out. And once all this ends, like I want to see Gallows and Anderson in Japan, let Mike and Maria go back to ROH, Eric Young and EC3 Mm -hmm. can go to impact. Like let it, let people spread out a little bit after all this. That was the ones that you just listed there. What I would guess. So I, I think EC3 will probably be like the headline uh, edition. I think they'll get him and Eric. I'm not... Mike and Rear is a good call as far as a one-off. I think you're right, though, what you kind of alluded to there. I feel like they're going to go back to ROH. But again, all of this is just speculation. I just... I don't know. This stuff is... Um, it's, it's tough, right? You're setting yourself up for a failure almost, aren't you? You know, I hope they've got something in their back pocket, basically, is what I'm saying. I hope it isn't going to just be like a... I don't like when it becomes the LOL TNA thing. It seems unfair at this point. I don't want them to give me the ammo to do that bit. I don't want you to. I'd rather it just be a good show and I'll watch it another time. But it feels like it could be one of them scenarios, like the classic uh, blockbuster sign and it's Rikishi in 2007. You know? <laughs> They've done this before. They've made many areas like this. It was many regimes ago, granted, but I just, I'm always hesitant with these things. Look, they're bringing it upon themselves with the LOL TNA stuff because they've legitimately brought back, like, the TNA title, and they're yes. they're going full bore into yeah. TNA, so it, yeah. it's, it's on them if we do LOL TNA again. I mean, I don't think we will. I mean, let's be honest, Jeremy, if this thing bombs, we're just never going to talk about it because we'll yeah. I won't watch it. You may have to watch it. I will not. <laughs> So, like, in, in that sense, if you're a TNA fan, be happy, because the only way we talk about this is if it's a success. So, <laughs> you win you win either way. You either never hear again, never hear our, our you know, baseless criticism, or mine anyway, or it goes well and we talk about it and we, we rebrand the distraction, 
Right, we could do that. We've done it for Ring of Honor. Remember we came team Ring of Honor for that a couple of hours there, maybe? A minute, maybe? <laughs> so anything can happen, folks. They can turn it around. Uh, that is going to wrap it up today. The NBA is coming back, apparently, at the yes. end of July. So sooner rather than later, hopefully, if everything goes well. Now there's like 3 million cases. I think it's like 1,500. Uh, there's like 1,500 new cases in Florida because Florida opened everything back up and people they weren't ready obviously mm-hmm. uh so delays could easily happen with the nba uh but if the nba comes back we'll get back to talking basketball on the show which i think people enjoy more than the wrestling talk. yeah yeah i've been thinking about this a lot jeremy because i'm excited and i'm wondering how long in does my excitement last before that Al Horford free back rims, and I'm just like, oh, I hate, <laughs> I hate everything again. I want to know, do I get through a full game before I like just throw it in again? Because I'm, I'm fully aware that people I follow are going to be doing the fire Brett deal within two minutes of play. It's going to be like, no new plays. What's he been doing all this time? <laughs> it's going to be bad, man. I'm telling you, this is my caution with this deal. I'm very scared of that part. See, when we started the podcast earlier this year, we were in like the with the with the nba we're in like the mid-season lull you know what i mean like january yes. february march like teams don't really care at that point it's all-star break and stuff like things mm-hmm. really start to pick up after the trade deadline and we only got like three weeks of basketball after the trade deadline we were ready for the playoff push gearing so, up yeah. and like that's when the hot takes come that's when our mental health deteriorates because we're watching these games going crazy over it. So if they're going to bring back basketball and it's like straight into an eight game playoff push and the, the playoffs, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be some times here on the show. I'm just very interested to see how long, how long we celebrate me and my six fan friends how long we celebrate the return of basketball and Ben Simmons before calling him a coward on the social media. So I'm interested in one of these things. Hopefully I enjoy the games too. That would be a benefit. But for the most part, I'm just tracking the uh, the dialogue here on this one. So, yeah, it'll be fun. We need some we need some distractions, so to speak, Jeremy, right? That's what this is called. We need some of those. We don't ever get distracted because we're distracting everyone else. That's the way it works. Uh, we'll be back on Saturday to with a, our latest TEW series. It is Backlash. We are at Backlash for me a week early. I promise you this Backlash card is a million times better than what WWE. We ran down the Backlash card for WWE just a few moments ago. You heard the card. I'm giving you Bret Hart against AJ Styles, okay? Look, that's the only match I need to tell you, and it's better than anything WWE is giving yeah. you. So you're getting that at Backlash for the TEW series. We'll be back next Tuesday to review Mr. Nanny to complete the Hulk Hogan extravaganza trilogy. Next Thursday, none of this has been recorded yet. I could be completely lying to you right now. Uh, But we are doing a kind of banter show. We're going to have hopefully a couple of guests on who have never been on this program, which means it's not Ricky Starks. Cause that's the only person who's ever been on this program. Um, but we're going to, we're going to have a couple of guests on hopefully, uh, hopefully things work out. We've not recorded any of this. I'm again, I might be lying and I don't want to lie, but that would be total distraction move. Um, Joseph, where can the people follow you? 
before I get to that, I want to warn everyone, we did not get The Undertaker for an interview. Guys, no. I know I mentioned we could. We did not because we couldn't, in fact. I tried. I reached out to people. He's had enough talking about the last ride. He didn't want to do it on here, unfortunately. Okay, so just to be clear, while it is not Ricky Starks, it is also not The Undertaker. So that should help you in your investigation. It, anyway, is, it is not yes. Luther either. I, I know people uh, were probably like, oh, man, maybe they've gotten Luther. It's not Luther. So here's Tell a... me about it. <laughs> Here's a story uh, real quickly. I reached out to the, the Boston Celtics PR department. I wanted to get Ennis Cantor on the show to talk wrestling, and I haven't heard anything from them. So so Boston PR department, Celtics PR department, if you're listening to this, and I know you am, know you are, please return my email. Please let Ennis Cantor come on the show so we can talk wrestling and Thunder basketball. And maybe I'll ask him about what it was like to take Al Horford's spot. Wow, that was a news story <laughs> to me too, folks. I missed that bullet. And um, yeah, uh, it, that would be, by the way, is also not. See, now you've really messed us up here because I try to lower the expectations, and now they think you're reaching out to like all these NBA teams and you're throwing messages. They don't know who's going to be on this show. Anyway, my Twitter is Joe Holbert Five. Um, I will unretire from article writing for Backlash. I will write about Backlash, suggest articles, send me money, whatever it may be. Uh, and they, I think they will be... They may be good, folks. I'm going to write about Bob, I think. I'm going to cover the King Bob. Um, Do you think he will retweet this one, or will he just like it? He retweeted the last one. So, okay. I mean, Bob is a very honest guy, very sincere. That's true. Now, last one, I was like mostly complimentary. This time, I'm going all in, pushing <laughs> all the chips on the table... So I assume we'll get a retweet, but I would really like, if he's watching this, I know he is, a quote tweet with some kind of cosign would be just tremendous for the brand. So <laughs> either way, I'm happy. All right, everybody. You can follow me at Jeremy Lambert's 88. Check out the TEW series on Saturday. We will talk to you then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.